0: Hiring the wrong executive costs you time and money. Leveraging work psychology, Spirit Consulting helps you hire the right executive so you can focus on growing your business. For a free quote, visit spiritmco.com. Enjoy the show. Welcome back to the Tips for Team Building podcast, where our mission is to inspire and propel others along in their leadership journeys. I'm your host, Jaden Smith, and so excited to welcome Ivan Velasquez to the show. Ivan, thanks for taking the time. For those who don't know you, we always like to start with a softball. Uh, so who are you?
1: Yeah, no, you know, um, Dayton, thank you so much for, for having me. I'm obviously very excited to be here. So as you mentioned, my name is Ivan Velasquez uh, and I have the absolute privilege of being uh, the vice president of operations uh, for Specialty Dental Brands, which is a DSO that has a uh, a great national presence here, obviously in the U.S., Uh, but more importantly than that, uh, uh, I'm a father of two young boys, uh, Conrad and Dexter, uh, and married to my amazing wife uh, and life partner, um, Anna Velasquez, Um, live here actually in the state of Wisconsin, um, but I am a Southern California native, so, uh, you know, my my entire life born and raised out in SoCal, um, but I got a phenomenal opportunity that brought me out here to the Midwest, um, you know, kind of Kind of my free time, I guess, you know, if, if you were to talk about the things that I love to do and who I am as a person, love to cook um, food, um, you know, I definitely consider myself, quote, you know, a, a, a foodie as a lot of people <laughs> use that, that term, um, you know, just huge fan of that um, big golfer, avid golfer, not very good, which most of us aren't. That's why I work for a living and don't play on the tour. Um, and this is a kind of an interesting little tidbit. Um, I'm a, like a whiskey enthusiast, you know, it's a big hobby and passion of mine. Um, you know, have a, a decent collection for those people that know me. Um, it's something that I just love, uh, and really the, the spirit around the storytelling and, and just experiencing the, the whiskey with people that you love in the company, which I think, uh, is ingrained in who I am as a person, right? I, I just, I love to be around people. Um, it, it's what I love. Most about my job, so yeah, it's kind of uh, me, me in a nutshell, Jayden.
0: Awesome, awesome, and thanks, Ivan, for sharing. Uh, as you said, that you're you're a self-proclaimed foodie and love to cook. What's your what's your favorite dish to prepare?
1: I prepare and and eat are, are two different things. <laughs> I definitely can't execute. I'll answer the easier one. I know you asked me prepare, but I'm gonna buy myself some time because that's a little that's a little more difficult. <laughs> to eat. It's definitely a really, really nicely cooked steak. I won't say well done because I don't eat it well done. Uh, meat and rare is, is definitely the the way to go. Um, <laughs> exactly right. Um, and I think as far as preparing, my right now, my all-time favorite is making a nice rack of ribs. Um, I love to cook them low and slow on the old Traeger. It's, uh, you know, I'm by no means a professional smoker. I have to have one of the set it and forget it. Uh, smoker, <laughs> but I love, I love that. I love making a nice rack of ribs uh, with my, with the dry
0: rub. Um, it's just, it's
1: one of my favorite things to do right now.
0: Awesome. Awesome. So Ivan, you kind of touched on uh, your role at specialty dental brands, being a vice president of operations and would love if you could share with the audience kind of how you, how you've arrived into the leadership position that you're in today.
1: Yeah. No, absolutely, and and you know, I think you know, I always like to preface with it's just an absolute honor and privilege being in the role that I'm in, right? I, I think about the responsibility and the amazing team of people that that I get to partner with on a daily basis. Sometimes you reflect on the fact, like, wow, I, I you know, I got to this point. It's, it's a really incredible feat, and I always like to give credit where credits due. I work my tail off, um, and definitely I'm a person that believes in you kind of make your own luck. And what I mean by that is. I think life, you don't know what curveballs and what opportunities are gonna present themselves to you, you know, and as they come, what you can do is try to be as prepared and ready as you can be, uh, with so when those opportunities present themselves, you're ready. Right. And so I've had and I've been very fortunate to have had so many mentors and people that have, you know, really given me a ton. Um, from day one of my career, I've had people that have stuck their their necks out for me and have invested time and effort in me. Um yeah, I think being able to recognize that is, is a big component of who I am and where I am today. Um, so it's been through a lot of hard work um, and some of it's been just fortunate luck, right? I mean, I, I've been lucky, but I think to that, Jaden, it was all about being ready when those opportunities knocked and always thinking about that next step, right? Where do I want to be tomorrow? Where do I want, you know, what's the next role that I want to take on and trying to prepare for that? It's um, just, you know, and, and I think, you know, I think about like, my first role into multi-site right, where I joined uh, Smile Brands, another DSO based out of Southern California. Um, it was always about taking on special projects and asking how, how I could take on more. Um, you know, it wasn't just about making sure that my market was performing at the highest or you know, that you know, I was in the you know, top quartile of performers. So- sometimes those things are outside of your control, but it's how did you make yourself visible as a leader? Um, you know, one of the best pieces of advice I got working even at Devita was make yourself known, right? No one's going to be your biggest advocate other than you. Like you have to stand up for yourself and make yourself known. So don't wait for someone to call on you. It's great when it happens, but raise your hand, right? Volunteer and ask, you know, to take on challenges, step outside of your comfort zone, um, you know, I think about just my career, my life in general, it's been a lot of like putting myself in very uncomfortable spots. Um, One thing that a lot of people that don't don't know about me, because I usually do this pretty well, which is public speaking. um, Dude, I used to have panic attacks when it pertained to public speaking. I I would, in in undergrad, I would see a class that required a a presentation at the end of the the semester. Yeah, I think about, am I going to take the class or not? Right. And so, I remember pushing myself to take a public speaking course. Uh, you know, I remember myself volunteering to be the main speaker for my group project. So it, I pushed myself to do things that I knew were going to be required of me in the role that I wanted to be in, right? Um, and it's, it's being okay and, and humble enough to recognize you're going you're gonna to make mistakes, right? Um, so I think that sort of mindset, coupled with the amazing people that I've had in my life and still have in my life today... Are what allowed me the and afforded me the opportunity to get to the role that I am today, and I hope that I'll continue to grow. Right, um, that that's my goal. Um, and you and I have talked about this on, on many occasions. Right, uh, um, what what those goals are. But again, I, if I'm not preparing for that next role today, and that opportunity presents itself, I mean, I have no one else to blame but myself for not being ready. Yeah. I love that I it. Yeah.
0: I love it. And uh, from a fellow introvert, or <laughs> you know, someone who feared. Public speaking, getting in front of uh, getting in front of crowds, et cetera. Uh, I just want to, you know, kudos to you for, you know, here we are now on a podcast that's going to go out to thirty thousand plus people. So, <laughs> no, so no look at us right, go, right? right? Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, you mentioned Ivan, you know, kind of the the mentors that you've been so lucky to um, have in your career, and you know, that's something that has been a common a common theme on on the podcast is, uh, that idea of mentorship, uh, both as someone who's benefiting from it, but then also someone who's providing it. Um, and, and those seem to be, you know, kind of like just a common, like Uh, step along in the journey of like, you know, the people who who are wildly successful are the people who seek out, you know, support and assistance, who work their butts off, but then also go to, you know, find out and and learn from from others. And so want to give kind of an opportunity for you to highlight maybe one or two of the most impactful uh, mentors that you've had to, you know, give them a shout out on the podcast today.
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, it's probably pretty corny, right? But I'm going to do, I think, what everyone's probably expecting, but my parents, right? I mean, my my mom and dad, um, you know, both are people that migrated to this country um, from a third world country that didn't have much to their name, right? And so sometimes mentorship is intentional and sometimes it's unintentional, right? And and you have people that watch you and and perceive you and look at you that you don't even know are looking, right? Right. Um, And I think that as a child growing up, right, we all idolize our parents and see them as superheroes. Um, And then as you grow, right, you, that, that ignorance, right. And I I said the word ignorance very thoughtfully there, because I do think that like, you know, ignorance can be bliss at times, right. But we become very aware of the faults and the, the fact that our parents are human beings. But my parents mentored me in a way, and still to this day, they do that. It's, it's about that, you know, nose to the grindstone, it's work, Right. We, we live in a country where we're extremely privileged and, and you know, we're afforded so many opportunities um, where others are not, other countries, other people are not. And, and look, admittedly, it's not perfect. No country is, right? We know that we have many faults. But the one thing that I've always kind of had uh, that I learned from my parents is not to not victimize myself, right? It doesn't mean that you don't acknowledge the challenges that are posed in front of us and the things that we're going to face that are hard you know, it might be easier for you, Jaden, to get to X than it would be for me. But it doesn't mean that there's not a path for me to get to X, if that makes sense, right? Whether it's getting to an Ivy League school, or if if it's working for a Fortune 100 company, or getting to the C-suite, it may be easier for one person, but it doesn't mean you can't get there. And I think that the other thing that my parents taught me is that the world is not always fair, and it's not always equitable. And I think making peace with that was a huge piece that my my parents gave me and it it gives me that drive, right? So there are some things that I know I'll never be able to make, right? Or be able to become. I'm not going to be signing up for the NBA anytime soon. Didn't have it in me, right? It's just (laughs) I'm not very tall, uh, pretty average, you know, in height. So when when you, you know, that and not very athletic. So those things coupled together, probably not going to play in the NBA, um, didn't not cut out to be a surgeon, right? But that's okay. Uh, I'm not a lesser person because of that, right? And so what my folks taught me is, you know, identify something that's going to be right for you and then work your tail off to get there, right? There's no excuse, right? If my father and my mother, <clears throat> who came here from, a, you know, from Nicaragua, didn't speak a lick of English, can make it in this country and make it damn well, what's my excuse, right? If I'm born with an able body, an able mind, there's really no rationale as to why I can't make it. Now, again, doesn't mean there's not barriers, roadblocks, challenges that I'm going to face. But I think that's what builds that character, that tenacity, that that grit, right? That makes you the leader that that hopefully you want to be and, and made me the leader I want to be. So definitely my parents. Um, another person is Jeff Hamill. Um, this is a man that I had the absolute pleasure pleasure of working with when I was at Smile Brands. He was my VP <clears throat> It actually, when I applied for this role, he was one of the people that had helped coach me uh, and gave me a ton of guidance. And he is just, he's the guy that I knew about servant leadership, right? You read about it. it in theory, it sounds incredible. He was one of the first, if not the first person I saw live it. Um, it, it, was, it was amazing, right? This was a man that was so brilliant. I mean, he, he had worked for Starbucks 7 um, he worked for some pretty big companies and he worked for small brands and was amazingly impactful. You talk about an operator, but he did it through people. Um, and it's kind of what's become ingrained in, in my philosophy as a leader is that I, I think that numbers are not what drive great people. It's great people that drive great outcomes, right? Um, and so seeing him do it at a high caliber um, and he's taking me under my wing, under his, under his wing. hes you know, To this day, like I said, we still talk. But it's this notion that you can lead through people and you can still, you know, you, you can be stern when you need to, but he was always fair and he always wanted to like explain the why behind the what he's such a thoughtful leader. Everything he does is so intentional. Um, you know, and I've met many more like that, right. You know, Gara Bhattacharya is another one. Um, you know, he's someone I work with at, at Davida is a man that was one of the smartest people I've ever met in my life. Um, but he's a guy you could sit down and have a beer with, right? He was so humble and such a great leader that it's like, okay, this is cool, right? As a, as a younger leader, then it's like, so there are people that don't just rule with fear because I've seen those, right? Um, I don't think that's as that successful. But then I saw these immense leaders that were so successful lead via people. And again, they will hold you accountable but they did it in a way where you felt valued and you were part of the team. So even when they beat you up, right, uh, you walked away from that conversation saying, hey, I'm better today and I'm better now than I was an hour ago. Um, so those are the mentors that I, you know, I, I think come to mind right away. Um, and those are the takeaways that I, that I was able to derive from, from those relationships. And still to this day, I'm, I'm deriving from them.
0: <clears throat> awesome. 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 And so, Ivan, you've, you know, mentioned in chatting through their leadership styles as well as in kind of your opening uh, statement about just loving being around people and that being kind of the driving force for the work that you do. And obviously, relationships are are so important in a leadership, you know, position, because as you said, you know, leading through fear only works, you know, probably for short-term results, not long-term sustainability, right? And so would love to hear kind of your your philosophy or your approach to uh, how you build relationships as a leader.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, I I think um, that's at the core of being a leader, right? I think that's one of the biggest delineations between being a manager and a leader is the ability to understand how important the human element is, right? And I think What's made me successful in my philosophy and leadership is that you treat every relationship and every leader as an individual, right? You know, you have the golden rule, which is you treat others the way you want to be treated. But you and I have talked about a thing called the platinum rule, which is you treat others the way they want to be treated. Um, I always kind of put a little asterisk next to that, like, you know, within reason, right? You you have to be reasonable. But what that does and, and what I do is that that challenges me as a leader to get to know the individual I'm working with, right? How do they learn? What are they passionate about? What are the things they want to become, right? That everybody wakes up one day and says, hey, I want to be a you know, director of operations for a private equity-backed dental service organization. Like a pretty standard thing, right? A kid says when they're growing up, firefighter, <laughs> uh, you know, doctor, and then that. Um, most people don't, right? So a lot of people, you know, by luck uh, or by chance, arrive here. It's like, look, organically, this is the role I landed in. So... Getting to know the individual in front of my like, you know, getting to know Jaden. What motivates Jaden? Right. What motivates you? What makes you who you are? Um, I think that's part one. I think the second part is is being genuine. Um, people know, <laughs> people know if you're not genuine, and people know if you're full of BS. And you have this rhetoric of like, "Hey, I want you to take PTO, and I want you to have this work life balance," and you use all the cool catchphrases that are out there and transparency and efficiency and you use all these keywords that the books told you to say <laughs> um, but then when the person comes to you and says hey I'd like to take a day off to be with my kid and you're like dude we need to get this project done right they're going to remember that right and so you you I think when you're thinking about building that trust or building that relationship you have to understand that it's it's a it's a it's very hard to gain trust it's a lot easier to lose it and then once you've lost it's even harder to regain right so I think being cognizant of that as a leader makes me thoughtful in every interaction i have so like there's this almost like hyper focus on how is my teammate feeling in this conversation right how are they feeling in this interaction how did i how did what i said you know impact them so there's like this obsession with getting to know my team and developing them but there is a fine balance right at the end of the day there are still expectations and things that we as a leader and as an enterprise need to achieve <clears throat> So I do think that 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 can easily be misconstrued of like you know uh, w- with the idea of like letting them do whatever they want. Absolutely not, right? I, people also crave structure and guidance and feedback, and so I think being able to balance that as a leader is how I'm able to gain trust and build that bond and relationship with my team.
0: Awesome, <clears throat> and I love that. I think um, you know you oftentimes hear like philosophies on how to how to build relationships and how to initially gain that trust. But I love how you highlighted the fact that it is like a continuous process. It's yes. a, it's something that you're continuing to, you know, maintain or continue to grow that trust. And it's something that you always have to be mindful of because just because you had a, a good relationship for their first three months, you know, if you just totally drop the ball for the next three months, like that relationship might be lost, you know, or, or the trust might be lost there. So I think that's super important to highlight. You
1: no, know, I, I think you're spot on with that. It's, it's a good call out. <clears throat> and, you know, I almost equated to at least in my personal life, right? Not everyone's married, but it's similar to marriage, right? I mean, when you when you first start dating your significant other, you have these butterflies, and there's these feelings of <laughs> infatuation. <clears throat> Those feelings are very different than what that looks like in 15 years, right? My wife and I often talk about, you know, like young love, right? You see these young couples that are just madly in love. And I'll tell you, I'm madly in love with my wife. She is my best friend. She's the best thing on the face of the planet before anything else, right? Um, But the love that we have today is different than the love that we had when we first met. Um, And I think that we were both at an early enough age in in our relationship, cognizant enough that like love requires work right? So any relationship requires effort and work. So what you said there about it's not just like a one and done checklist. And now the relationship is good. It's going to sustain itself. We're good to go. No, like you need to put in daily work. And, and you also called something out that I think is very important is inevitably, at some point in every relationship, you're going to mess up. That's the reality. You have to make peace with that. You have to be okay with that in a good servant leader <clears throat> acknowledges those misses right so I think part of the ability of a relationship to have longevity and health is not avoiding mishaps or missteps or arguments right for the for the sake of the marriage uh, you know comparison but it's how do you react to that right how do you deal with conflict how do you deal with issues that are, are inevitable they're going to happen um so I think it's the same thing in leadership right one of the things that you know you talk about the trust building and, and the sustaining of trust, it's you know, I learned, and it was one of the hardest things I learned, it, it's having tough conversations sooner rather than later. And I know it's like the corniest saying again, where it's like, yeah, I've heard it a thousand times, but how often do you say to yourself, I gotta have that conversation? Uh, let me just kick this can down the road. Maybe it's gonna go away. Let maybe it'll fix it. I will give every single person out there this piece of advice. It's not gonna go away. <laughs> Two things for sure will happen. The problem's still gonna be there. And your mind, your anxiety, your stress is gonna make it bigger than what it actually was. I would say eight out of ten times, if not nine out of ten times, when I actually prepare and have that conversation, it is far less than I thought it was gonna be, as far as the the the, the scariness of it, right? Right. So it's one of those things as a leader, you have to be comfortable. Maybe not comfortable, but you have to be okay with having that conversation. It is okay to have the feelings of this is anxiety provoking. This is not going to be fun. Agree. It's what we get paid to do, right? If it was easy and fun all the time, hell, we, you know, probably be a lot more of us doing this job. And so, but that, that is part of servant leadership is telling that teammate, that person that you care and love for good, bad, or ugly, that feedback. For the sake of them improving and getting better, if and, and if you preface it with that, and your team understands where you're coming from and why you're giving that feedback, they're much more, you know, much more likely to receive that feedback in a positive way. Um, so, yeah, I just wanted to kind of expand on that because I thought that was a really good call out that a relationship is not just one and done, and it's it's for for the duration of the relationship, it takes work.
0: Have you been feeling unfulfilled? You wanna be happy, but just continue to struggle. One of the best ways to experience joy is by caring for the homeless. A charity I've grown to love, River of food rescues a million meals per year for the needy in Chicago. Imagine how that make you feel, knowing that you're helping feed children and veterans. To make a tax-deductible donation, visit riveralightchicago.org. Again, riveralightchicago.org. No one should go to bed hungry. Yeah. And I think to just kind of follow up or piggyback off of what you said, you know, a couple of thoughts, I think, I think one, uh, you know, just kind of made me laugh because I saw a a meme on LinkedIn the other day of like, you know, a manager coming in and saying, hey, I have this problem employee and HR's like, have you talked to them yet? Well, no, I haven't done that. You know, (laughs) it's kind of like, you know, like you said, just kicking it, you know, down the road. But I think that like also, you know, a piece of advice that, you know, or something that I've kind of learned and, you know, much earlier in my leadership journey than than you, Ivan, or others who, you know, uh, might be listening in. But I think that one thing that I've learned is like, oftentimes, they know the conversation's coming, yeah. Like People, people who are dedicated to their work, know when they're not meeting the expectation, and people who take pride in their work, know. So when you have the conversation, they appreciate that, because then you're coming to them, you're calling them on it, and then you're brainstorming. But if you kick it down the road, it actually, like, I've seen it where it just, like, makes them even more disengaged because they're like, my leader doesn't even – like, I know that I'm dropping the ball, and my leader doesn't know that I'm dropping the ball.
1: It's a very good point. No, it's a a good point. And I think you also intentionally or unintentionally set a precedent, right, for the rest of the team. So not only the individual – but for the rest of the team, and, and, and I think it also goes back to le- uh, this relationship building is about level setting expectations and roles and what the individual contributor is doing, uh, you know, individually and for the group, and then also what that relationship is going to look like with you, right? Um, and so by level setting those expectations and having, I think equally is important as a, a cadence for checking in. And I urge people, you shouldn't check in with your teammates any less than like once a month, right? Especially like at the executive level, if you have directors or, you know, practice managers or facility administrators, um, because a lot happens in 30 days, right? Um, And I always kind of, you know, go back to like me as an individual, like I'm a creature that craves feedback. Couldn't imagine a world where I didn't talk to my boss for 30 days, right? right? And at least and and, then like thoughtful conversation around like, Hey, this is what we need to focus in on. Right. This is what's going well. This is what's not going well. And so we as leaders often are like, I want, you know, why is my boss not checking in with me? Or I didn't have my PDR this year. Or I didn't have my review yet. Flip the coin. We don't do it for our team and we think they should be okay with it. Right. So it's always a very odd. I saw this happen with a ton of my teammates where they're, you know, Ivan, Hey, What's going on with my raise? Hey, what's going on with my review? And it's like, uh, so it's, it's going to happen on time, as promised. But you have like five PDRs that are like two months overdue. Uh, but I, I'm and But you're the same person that's telling me the culture in your practice is not where it needs to be. Right? So you have a third of your team doesn't know where they stand. And I'm going to guess that a third of your team has not had a check-in with you in any, any meaningful way in the last six months. And then you tell me that retention is not good and that it's because, you know, the pandemic or because, you know, Chick-fil-A is paying more money. Sure. During the exit interview, the teammate's going to give them the easy answer. But the reality is it's because they never knew where they stood. They never felt valued. You as a leader never took the time to communicate with them and get to know who teammate X is. Um, And you you, you didn't know that they, they felt like they didn't have time to take time off to be with their kids. So, you know, a lot of things, you know, it, it's just that that communication um, with your teammates is just so, so immensely important. Right. So it's it's not just about, you know, hey, I'm going to check it and level set expectations. But how often are you connecting with them to calibrate where, they, where you believe they are and how they're doing? And again, it goes back to the initial point I made of the nuance. Right. Every single person is different. Some people are going to just want it, you know, very militaristic, hard and fast, like give it to me, tell me how I'm doing, boom, boom, boom. Some people get to finesse it. But that's, that's, the, that's the beauty of being a leader is that your I mean, beauty and the challenge is that it is our responsibility to finesse that depending on the audience, right? So if I'm speaking to a group of doctors, I'm, I'm going to, you know, that's going to be a little bit different than if I'm speaking to a group of operators, right? You have to tailor the message to the audience to ensure that if you're saying red, you're saying a color red that the audience captures red and hears red. Because if the audience heard pink and you're like, that was a hell of a speech. I know they, they, they they killed it. And the audience left with a different message. You didn't kill it. That's the miss. And so you, you really have a good opportunity, especially in that one-on-one setting to ensure that person's capturing what it is that you're trying to convey.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And, You know, I think that one of the things we kind of, you know, hit on um, in that dialogue was, you know, giving feedback, um, having honest and open and candid conversations with, you know, with teammates Um, and would love to hear, um, Ivan, about, you know, if you could share with us a time, because I think that, you know, you also highlighted that, that we all make missteps and we've all messed up. We've all you know uh, made mistakes you know through throughout our leadership journeys or within those relationships. Can you tell tell us about a time where you've you know made one of those missteps in a performance management conversation and kind of like what you what you were able to take away from it to now you know kind of guide you in in future conversations you know that you have?
1: No absolutely. um I'll leave. Uh, I'll give detail, not too much, and I'll definitely leave names out for sure. But you know, as early on in my career, um, giving a it was an annual performance review. Uh, you know, giving a as scale of one to five, given a two rating, right, which means the individual is not going to get a bonus, they're not going to get a merit increase, and ultimately, they're not performing, right? Um, you had said something earlier that you know, often the teammates know it's coming. They know they're dropping the ball, yada, 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 right? And in this circumstance, this person did not. Um, And so it wasn't, the, the misstep wasn't necessarily the actual conversation. The misstep was the culmination of all lack of conversations building up to that, right? So I blindsided this person. They didn't know, you know, in their mind, I haven't heard anything. You know, Ivan is not, you know, my leadership and it was, you know, it was one of those things where I transitioned into the role. So they was like, you know, two leaders during that time period. But neither of us as leaders had done this person the service of actually communicating, hey, here are the expectations, here here's where you are, here's what you need to do to get to get you to where we want you to be. And if that doesn't change, this is what your performance review is going to look like, right? Um, <clears throat> and so in having that conversation, this person was rightfully very frustrated where it's like, hey, I did not know I wasn't doing my job. You know, I thought this was the baseline. Um, I know my numbers are struggling, but so is everyone else in the market. I thought that, you know, we had made peace with this. And that was kind of the expectation because of X, Y, and Z that was going on in the market. Um, and it was, it's it's a similar thing to when we hire somebody new and an OM or a teammate comes to me and says, this person is just not cut out for the job, either. It's like, okay. You know, the first thing now that I ask myself is, okay, so what, training and tools have we given this person, right? Have we given them a fair shake and a fair opportunity to be able to learn and do this job? Have we coached them in the areas where we feel that their short their shortcomings are? If we haven't done those things, then the person we need to to kind of call out is not the employee. We need to call ourselves out as leaders, right? And so in that moment in having that conversation with that leader, it was, you know, and I didn't have the epiphany then. I wish I was that fast, right? um it was a moment of my god i let that person down completely um it was 100% on me admittedly they weren't doing their job but how can i hold them accountable to not doing their job when i never clearly i can speak for myself i didn't lay out the foundation for what the job expectations were and then to boot i didn't follow up with this person and say hey this is where you're performing relative to my expectations and so If I do that right, we have at least 11 meaningful conversations before I do that performance review, right? And so the performance review is merely a culmination of all those conversations, and it's no surprise as to why you got the rating you got. Um, If if you ever are surprised by a termination or you're surprised by, you know, uh, a poor rating on a PDR... I mean, mo- a multitude of things could be true that led that to that happening. But typically, it's going to be either you're a really crummy listener, <laughs> um, and you're just not self aware, and you don't heed the advice that people give you, or your leader didn't do a good job of conveying that message. And usually, it's a combination of both. Right? It's never black and white. But for the sake of you know the the, the explanation there, so yeah, I, I learned um, that you need to over communicate, right? I mean, I think you need to very clearly level set expectations. As to like, hey, this is what success will look like, right? I often will tell my team when we're doing, you know, our, our annual um, goal setting. It's if you and I are sitting down, you know, having a glass of wine or a pop, and we're saying, "Boy, 2023 was just an absolute stand up year for us. We killed it." What are the things that we did to get us there, right? And I need to make sure that we're both aligned and calibrated on what those things are, right? Can't just be. I thought it'd be these three things and they thought it'd be these three things. And they went out and got after and did what they thought they needed to do, but it was not aligned with what I thought, right? So that's where that synchronicity, that 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 partnership is really important. Um, and then, like I said earlier, having those frequent check-ins, right? Hey, Jaden, it's January, end of January. How are you tracking towards the goals, right? How are you performing versus the KPIs that we had set versus the benchmarks that we had set Um, And then just having that, you know, just just relentlessly following up with your team, right? And some you'll follow up with only once a month, but maybe for some of the ones that are, you know, not performing, you know, you maybe have a more frequent cadence to check in with them, but you tell them why, right? This is intended to not micromanage. This is intended to elevate you and get you to where we both agree you need to be. Um, Because I don't want any of this to come as a surprise. I, I jokingly tell my team this when people come to me and say, you know, how do you deal with a termination? Terminations are hard, right? You never want to let somebody go. Maybe not never. Often you don't (laughs) want to let someone go. But a termination, if you do it well, is no different than a promotion or a bonus, right? You earned it. Um, And you had said, again, something earlier where most people will be self-aware. And if you do your job as a leader, the writing should be on the wall. And a lot of the time people will be able to kind of gracefully exit themselves and say, hey, look, this is not for me. And that's okay. You're not a bad person for it. It's just this job wasn't a fit for you, right? Um. So yeah, I I think it's about having that follow up and ensuring people know where they stand. People people deserve that. People want that. So that's wow. those were the learnings that I took away from the 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 the, the misstep in conveying that uh, PDR or that performance review.
0: I love it. <clears throat> so you know, Ivan, we we focused a lot on kind of like relationship building and performance management with like the team that you're leading correct but like as as an executive uh you know i think a, a another great skill to have and you know one that you know as as a mid-level leader that i've you know pushed my team you know and trying to challenge them is like as a leader I know I want feedback as well, right? <laughs> and, you know, it's, it's especially like if, you know, in your role, you're reporting to a COO or a C-suite team member, like oftentimes like that person may not have someone providing that feedback for them. Um, so it's really kind of the obligation of, of their team to, to give them that feedback. So, You know, you have that responsibility to coach and develop your team, but also the responsibility to coaching up and holding others accountable or coaching sideways and holding peers accountable. And would love to hear because I'm sure it's a different approach potentially from, you know, your team, um, kind of your approach to coaching up or sideways within an organization.
1: Yeah, it's very very difficult. Uh, it's been difficult for me, right? I don't think maybe it's not difficult for all, but it, it is definitely one of the, the more difficult things because now you're providing feedback to maybe someone that did not, you know, um, solicit that feedback. I mean, hey, well, what, what's going on here? Right. Um, I, I think a, it goes back to, you know, the original point of just, you have to know the individual, right? There's not, for me as a leader, there's not one set way of providing that feedback. Um, and I think that's what's made me successful in that. I think the the other part, and you're going to see a lot of ties in between these answers because I, I just think that organically this stuff all kind of ties in. But I, I think the other thing is, is you have to build a relationship of trust with this individual. <clears throat> the reason why that's important is they need to understand where this feedback is coming from, right? I'm not here to undermine you. I'm not here to think that you're not good at doing your job. I'm not here to, you know, undercut you and just, you know, That's not it, right? The intent here is to build, uh, you know, kind of like the Kaizen mentality, right? Like this continuous operational improvement. But instead of the operational component, this is just continuous, you know, human improvement, right? How do I just continuously get better as a person? And I think if you first build a good bridge of communication with the individual, then you're much more apt and and able to provide that feedback. And one of the ways that I've been successful in, in being able to provide feedback to others is by first asking for feedback about myself. Right. So that organically kicks off that conversation of like this two way conversation like, hey, Jane, how can I do this better? Right. And like, hey, Jane, anytime, like I, I, and I do this habitually with my team. And one of my, you know, one of my directors, she, she cracks me up. She's on my current team. Um, she'll message me, hey, here's the feedback because I know you know, I know you're going to ask me. And so like <laughs> we'll have a call with a doctor or a partner and I'll say, hey, how'd that call go? what could I have done differently? Like, I kid you not, it's right after the call. Like, I want that instant gratification. I want that feedback. Um, and so by by doing that, I think with my peers and with, with you know, my supervisors, that builds that rapport, that trust, right? And I think also building credibility, That that feedback that you give them goes a lot further. So it's not easy. And I'll tell you, I, I wish I could tell you, Jaden, like, everyone I've given feedback to, and, you know, they've taken it really well. And I've been able to give every one of my executives feet now. <laughs> like, I'm still working on that. There's no doubt about that. But I think that's the foundation that I've, you know, or the recipe that I've kind of followed that's allowed me to have that when I've been able to provide that feedback, that's the recipe I followed that allowed me to get there.
0: Yeah, I love that. And I think that, you know, if you're if your leaders are taking the same approach as you are and that like, it's very relationship and kind of like coming from a good place that they're then going to understand, like, even if I don't deliver, even if Ivan doesn't deliver this feedback perfectly to me, um, one, it's coming from a place where he cares, but then now my responsibility is maybe how to coach him on how to better deliver that feedback in the future, right? Um, versus like you know getting getting upset or you know uh, stuff like that. I think that um, I, I always push people because I think that I think that coaching up is one of those skills that like sets you apart from the crowd because it is so uncomfortable that like when someone is comfortable having that uncomfortable uh, conversation, very similar to what you said earlier, like just throwing yourself into uncomfortable situations and challenges. Uh, I can't think of anything more uncomfortable in a professional setting, than like trying to coach your boss, right? So, uh, you know, the people who, who do have those like candid conversations are the people who, who, you know, kind of get a spotlight put on them and, you know, are, are able to, to grow in that way.
1: Absolutely. And and I think the other other thing that is impactful there is knowing who the like key opinion leaders are and influencers are of those individuals. Sometimes that message can be conveyed better through a third party, right? Someone that's a confidant or someone that they have a really good relationship with. And you have to be careful because it's teetering the line of like, you know, bad mouthing someone behind their back. That's not the case at all, right? It's always again you have to build that trust, build that relationship with like, hey, you know, I've noticed X, Y, and Z is occurring with X individual. Um, how do you think we can convey this message, right? <clears throat> so that can sometimes help. I always say be very careful there because you don't ever want to come across like you're trying to, uh, you know, um, talk down on one of your, your, you know, especially a supervisor or a peer um, but yeah, no, I I do think it's just you 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 have to build that confidence and that trust with them. Um, and I and I I love the fact that you know you talked about if you do that to your team, you hope and pray that they'll give it back to you in a thoughtful, meaningful way, so that you can improve. Even if that message that you delivered wasn't maybe the best sent, that 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 really builds and fosters a culture of continuous improvement. Right? We're here to get better at what we do. We're here to elevate each other. Right? Like I believe that my success was wholly dependent upon the elevation of the people around me it wasn't like i'm going to go in there and i'm a one you know i'm like a lebron james right you know like yeah i mean i'd love to be a lebron james but that's not always the recipe for success right to be just a superstar um, doesn't mean you can't be a superstar and play on an amazing team right that's not the case at all but i'm not here to step on others to get to the top, right? And by no means am I saying that King James did that. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, it's it just, it for me, it's it's how do I elevate the people around me? So, again, providing that feedback, providing that support in hopes that they get better and more confident what they do exactly, like what you said, Jaden, and then they're going to give me feedback to make me a better leader. Um, and that's, that's all I can really hope for.
0: I love that. I love that. And I think that's a good note to kind of, you know, close out on. I think we've had some some absolutely uh, incredible, you know, dialogue today. So, Ivan, if if someone in the audience today was moved by kind of your your approach, uh, your philosophy, or would just like to network and, and and learn more about you, about specialty dental brands and the great things that you all are doing, uh, how can people reach out to you?
1: Yeah, no, thank you for asking that. The best way to get hold of me and I mean, I think really the the, the main way is just get hold of me via LinkedIn. Um, you know, please send me a message on LinkedIn. Um, I, I've actually had people even before SDB reach out, just like, "Hey, I want to talk through, you know, X, Y, or Z." It is one of my favorite things to do. I, I love learning. I, I take those experiences not only to share my thoughts and values, but also to like affirm them or or change them. Right? I get to learn from you all as well. Um, so, yeah, please. Uh, LinkedIn is the the best way to get a hold of me.
0: I, I love I love that uh approach. And, you know, kind of as we talked about mentorship earlier, I think that's something that I always uh, you know, push with like the idea of mentorship is like even as the mentor, you can gain so much value mm-hmm. from it as well. And, you know, just sharing information. But Ivan, uh just wanna say thank you so much for being a guest on the Tips for Team Building podcast, where our mission is to inspire and propel others along in their leadership journeys. Uh, Really looking forward to this episode's release and seeing how how it does inspire others. And, you know, thanks again for sharing your wisdom with our audience.
1: Thank you very much for the opportunity, Jaden. Much appreciated.
0: Absolutely. Thanks for tuning in to the Tips for Team Building podcast, where we propel others along in their leadership journeys. If you enjoyed the show, would you please subscribe and leave a review wherever you listened? You can also visit www.spiritmco.com to find out more about how Spirit Consulting inspires virtuous leadership. We'll see you next time!